listening to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here are your hosts, Tip Top Tim Fitch and Brendan Morahan. And welcome everyone to the latest episode of the Construction Big Breakfast podcast with me, Tip Top Tim Fitch. And me, Brendan Moran. So this week we're going to talk about some events that uh, Brendan and I have been uh, attending over the last week or so. Uh, I'm going to talk about the NCE Tech Fest, which was held on uh, Thursday last week. And the week prior to that, I was at the first uh, UK and Ireland Construction Summit. So uh, there's quite a lot to catch up on, I think. Yeah, there is. But first off, Brendan, first question is always the same. What did you have for breakfast? Well, as you might have gathered from my voice, I'm feeling a little bit poor at the moment. So I thought I would be sensible this morning. I had half a grapefruit and uh, muesli and a nice cup of coffee. And then when I came into the office, I had a banana to, to build up with. So, um, fairly sensible this morning. I'm sure you did a bit better than that, did you? Well, uh, well, I had a bacon roll, but it was a whole meal roll. Um, and I did with a, With a bit of brown sauce. And when I got in the office, I had a really nice cup of coffee, or two. That set me up all right. And I've been to the gym at lunchtime. So, I've done a bit to work it off. Plus, of course, I can't believe I'm a bit in this. I'd salad for lunch. Oh, well, you'll get over that. Anyway, back to the podcast. So, uh, where have I been? So, Thursday was the new Engineer NCE Tech Fest, which was held at the brewery. And we had quite a big involvement in this, uh, this particular year because um, we sponsored the breakfast briefing, which I'll come to in a minute. And I was also a, uh, a judge for um, the Innovation Award. And this year I was looking at carbon reduction uh, innovations. And of course we gave the, uh, uh, we presented that award in the evening mm. at the gala dinner. So there was an awful lot going on. So, and how about you, Ben? Well, I was invited to talk on the panel at the, uh, as I say, the inaugural UK and Ireland Construction Summit, and quite pleasingly, uh, and you might say boringly, I was commenting on finance. But as you and I well know, that, that that's the oil for any business in the industry. So we were able to open it up into a, I think, a broader discussion and some interesting debate with people as a consequence. But we can go into that in a bit more detail later. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. It'd be a compare and contrast. Yeah. So on Thursday, uh, the new civil engineer ran their tech fest, which has been going for a few years now, and we sponsored the breakfast briefing. And this year, it was given by a guy called Richard Halfen, who works for the biggest company you've never heard of, which is Katira. And I have to say, that I have to say. Uh, I go to lots of these things, and most of the time I'm brought to tears. And this, I can't stop thinking about it. I cannot stop thinking about it. So, who are and what is Katira? Katira is a business, a company that's four years old. It was founded in 2015 in California. It's a sort of, it's a construction company, it does real construction, but it is funded by 
and employs an awful lot of uh, tech people. Uh, and I researched over the weekend, they've raised over $4 billion from venture capitalists and SoftBank and people like that. And they're essentially creating an end-to-end uh, offering for the industry. So they've been buying up architects, engineers, uh, construction businesses, interestingly CLT factories, so they've got a particular niche which is multi-occupancy uh, dwellings, so i.e. they don't build single houses typically, but they are medium-rise uh, lots of flats, uh, all made out of CLT, which is uh, cross-laminated timber or glue lamp, I think it used to be called. And they've also got this tech offering across the whole piece, which they are their ambition, and I think they're close to getting there, is to just replace all the individual components that people use typically in the, to develop projects, right? Well, covering all of the things from uh, architecture, engineering design, BIM, everything, and their ERP systems, all in one platform mm-hmm. that covers everything. So what was really, really exciting is that they, well, there's a whole load of things that are really exciting. So the key one is their rate of growth that they, you know, three years ago they had 200 employees. Uh, they've now got thousands, but more importantly, they're up to 2 billion in revenue. That's dollars, US dollars. And then they tell me what their ambition was for 2024, which is five years away. I mean, you heard it, I won't ask you to guess, mm-hmm. but if I ask the viewers what you think, what what do you think would be a reasonable rate of growth if you're already $2 billion for five years' time? Uh, right, you've had a chance to think about it, I'm going to tell you, $50 billion. So they're saying they're going to grow from 2015 when they had zero turnover to 2024, so nine years, they're going to grow from nothing to be the same scale as Bechtel. Which is over 120 years, roughly. It's astounding ambition. Uh, their focus in terms of construction is in California, but as we know, that they also mentioned that they were now in Saudi on the King Foud project, mm-hmm. which I think we'd already heard about. Uh, for those that don't know, Saudi's got, if you think we've got a housing problem, Saudi's multiple times. Uh, more complex because they've got a lot of young men who need a house before they can get married and nowhere near enough skills in the kingdom to build it. They've got plenty of land and there's plenty of money. Uh, and, um, well, I'll sound surprisingly, Katira, they found Katira or Katira found them mm-hmm. and I know that they're, they're working on that one. And I believe they're also in uh, Canada, so which is very interesting for us as well. So uh, that breakfast briefing by Richard was an amazing eye and a great start to the day. A great start. I think it's, it raised one big question in my mind and answered another important one for me was that we've said all along that the tier one model is under severe pressure and arguably broken, and mainly because most tier one contractors are undercapitalized. This is an organisation that has got serious investment because it's put its money where its mouth is. The question that to my mind hasn't been answered is the demand profile. So obviously they have done exceptionally well in creating a demand for the product so far. 
to grow that from a two billion business to 50 billion business is still in anyone's language. And that's the bit that I'm really interested in, the how they achieve that. Because they are now certainly feeding that baby, and that baby is going to get very, very hungry for, for work. So uh, that's going to be the big challenge for them, but they seem to be set up to... to yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a fascinating case history, and I really want to find out more about it. And mm. hopefully, I can meet up with Richard either here or in uh, Canada uh, soon. And you're right. I mean, it comes on to uh, trying to understand. Yeah, you know, one of the big problems in construction in the UK is that the construction industry has lost control of the sales process. Yeah. Now, I, from what I can see, the research I've done over the weekend, they are they are pitching to developers. So they've obviously got a compelling cost story, which they obviously say they have. Um, will they be able to, you know, is the niche they're in going to get them to 50 million? Um, it's not a tiny niche, but it is a particular niche in construction. Uh, that's, that's one question. I think going back to your point about the investment, when you think of the piecemeal stuff that's ongoing in the UK, um, with, you know, various effectively voluntary organisations trying to encourage innovation. Uh, even in our own work, in the R&D space, we, where we uh, we know how much, obviously very well, how much uh, the industry is getting back from the R&D um, tax uh, credit system. Mm. Yeah, it, it, today's money is about £90 million pounds a year. Uh, and these people have raised £4 billion. Yeah. I mean, it just tells you that if you want to change this industry, what most organisations are able to afford and the money that's being invested at the moment isn't anywhere near enough, particularly if Katira decides on when it comes to the UK. Mm -hmm. That's food for thought for everyone in this industry in the UK. Um, a very, anyway, a very, very interesting story. After that breakfast briefing, I got involved uh, in judging, and I was judging the uh, innovation around carbon reduction, how people have used some innovation to uh, literally turn down the CO2. Uh, we had five entries, all of them very interesting. We had a very worthy winner in a company called Struxol, which had developed a thing called Technocrete, which is a polyurethane foam, which is the actual application they showed was uh, essentially filling up uh, fence post holes on the, in the railway environment, where their big advantage is twofold. One is the materials made from recycled cooking fat. And secondly, when you come to backfill these holes, <coughs> typically you need 65 kilograms of material when it's a pre-packed or ready-mixed concrete uh, and obviously if you're handballing that down the uh, set of the railway mm. that's three journeys at least maybe four journeys for somebody uh, and difficult to manage even then compared with 700 grams of dry material uh, which replaces it which obviously basically go in your pocket mm. so there's a big manual handling of advantage plus there's actual reduction in carbon. So that was a very worthy winner. There was one other uh, one of note and this was uh, one put forward by Tiger. You keep talking to him when I try yeah, and clear your throat. Go, go throat. By Tideway Alliance who uh, is the alliance looking after the Tideway project uh, building the big 
big tunnel under the Thames at the moment, and they had been given some money centrally by Tideway to investigate idle time with the hiding plant that's used across the whole project. So there's three main mm -hmm. parts of the project. And what struck me, I've been a bit remote from plants for about 10 or 15 years, although I used to know a lot about it, because now I started my career was in that game. And what they found was that all the new plants, A, has got wonderful low emission engines, they're absolutely necessary inside uh, the M25 or the, the GLA area. They've also got inbuilt telemetry on virtually every piece of plant. So that the engine management system, the engine management system is continuously sending data back to whoever's interested. Obviously it goes back to Caterpillar and Volvo and all those people. But it's also available for the owner of the piece of plant and anyone else they want to license it to. So their idea was, well, they, they actually started looking at this data to try and understand how, how much idle time there was per piece of plant. So there were some anecdotal numbers they thought it was 30 or 40%. Now, from memory, what they actually found was it was near 50%. And my first question was, well, surely uh, you just... Uh, surely, if they've got this clever telemetry, they've also got a piece of kit that can turn the engine off, just like it does in my car and the lights. And uh, I was told by the uh, lady giving the presentation that every single driver overrode it, regardless of who they were. Mm. Every single driver overrode it. I said, well, that's insane. Why would they do that? And they said, well, culturally, within the industry, if your engine was turned off, Obviously the plant is idle, and it was assumed you were as well, and you were the one who got told off. So no one wants to be sat in a machine, or on a machine, with the engine turned off. So they overrode it. Now you think about that, if the machine, because of the circumstances it's being used, is only working half the time, but the engine is running 100% of the time, yeah. albeit it might only be 30% of its normal revs, then the, de the depreciation of the plant is measured on engine hours. Mm. So the financing of the whole plant industry is on how many hours a year the machine is being used, not how many hours it's being paid for. Yeah. I was astounded that the plant iron industry didn't know that was happening. Well, they must have known it was happening, but they just hadn't spotted that they could save themselves a fortune. So Plus the technological the solution for it, but they haven't deployed it because of poor culture in the, in the industry. The technological solution's there. Yeah. It's turned off. Yeah. Turned off. So, interesting, the contrast. So, we had the Katera thing where it's like, I can't yeah. believe how brilliant this is. And then this, which yeah. is telling us something very fundamental about construction in the UK and probably elsewhere in the world, where money is being wasted because of perception. Deliberately wasted, really, mm -hmm. uh, as well as damaging the environment. So, I mean, that was a plus and minus. We had this great little innovation uh, with Technocrete, and then I had this like jaw dropping, I cannot believe what I've just heard coming out of. Uh, well, the Tideway Alliance have done a really great thing yeah. the industry. They flagged this up that this wonderful technology is there, it's been paid for, and no one's using it in a and, and I suppose that's the thing is to take the positive from that is at least 
by doing all these sorts of things and analysing it, you can find out that there are opportunities that have been missed. So, you know, it's just making sure that leadership now grows hold of that and does something about it. Because that's a, a particular programme that has been quite quite advanced in its thinking. It's, it was it got onto the diversity agenda a lot quicker than a number of the other major programmes did. It's quite enlightened in its approach. You know, the whole environmental issue is such a big issue now. Governments are making commitments that businesses have got to, to respond. So I think you know it needs programmes like that to come up with the good and the bad and share it with the rest of the industry so we can all learn. No, no, you're right. I'm now tired by whether they meant to or not. They've really turned the spotlight on yeah. some crazy, uh, a crazy practice. Anyway, that's well, look, quite a lot on NC Tech. I'm glad you were talking a long time because I do apologise as you say I've gone a bit croaky, but um, maybe I could just have a couple of minutes telling you about. Uh, UK and Ireland construction summit, and uh, maybe we can. Future. It was about finances, wasn't it? Well, it was it was finance that I was particularly invited to comment on. Which, when I was first asked, I thought, well, that's just a little bit too polarised. Um, where where's the angle on that? But of course, as we've discussed in here many times, that the whole industry is founded on trade credit, and trade credit is not sustainable. And therefore, there are a number of organisations that need to look at alternative sources of finance. So um, DRS Bonds were co-panelling with me. They were obviously very interested in how we can improve balance sheets of organisations to get cheap and affordable funding because banks just aren't, aren't making it available now. Jim Power, one of uh, Ireland's top economists, was on there. He gave a very balanced view about the, f the future, but I challenged him on stage to say, well, look, there is, again, a danger that we talk about external forces and it becomes a convenient excuse for why we don't perform. And try to put a challenge out to the room to say that um, in our experience, come back to our R&D uh, service, there are still not enough people in the room that are either claiming and therefore refinancing and helping to, to build their balance sheet. But frankly, more concerning for me, are probably not innovating and not earning the right to get some of those R&D tax credits. And, you know, it's reinforced with the Katera example there. If people aren't really looking at their business models, looking to change the way they run the business and coming up with innovation and improvement within the business, frankly, they don't deserve to succeed. And I, I got the impression at that summit that, that that message is starting to, to come home, but nowhere near with enough of them. You know, As always, it's in the breaks that you have the, the meaningful conversation. Too many, I would say 75% of the people I spoke to were talking about the problems. Fortunately, there were about 25% that were leaving the problems to one side and were focused either on developing solutions or had solutions themselves. And there were some great examples of uh, off-site manufacture, a business called Vision and Tide, where they recognised just as a construction business, it's not the answer. You've also got to create the demand side of it, so they've got the development arm as well. Doing some great work, it's encouraging different people into the industry, it's safer, it's environmentally friendly, it improves build time. So again, a bit like you, total two cities, some really exciting stuff. But uh, you know, we've got to get that that will rolling. And, and those conferences do need, I think, to get a bit more energy in them now to really start getting rallying calls because if we're not careful, they become an opportunity for people to bleed rather than for people to actually throw some ideas out there and get some people behind it. 
So that was just a quick snapshot of my because the, I think as you heard the voice is about to kick out. But it's um it was a very interesting couple of weeks actually, both from industry events. Plus there's been quite a few social events over the last few weeks since since summer. It seems to be busier than normal. Usually it's October, November at these incidents. Well, the week before last, it threw on the pounds. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, which is man of my age is too much. But yeah, I, I, there's still lots of activity out there. There's, there's still plenty of energy out there. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I'm an optimist, but uh, I think Katira's a wake up call. Uh, there's moaning about things isn't going to do you any good. You've got to come up with solutions which move the dial, really move the yeah. dial. And if you're still turning off, you're still overriding the telemetry in your 360 excavator so the, the driver feels more secure in his job but he's actually impacting the finance of his employer and the environment adversely for no other reason than that. Uh, yeah, that's a quick and easy win. Yeah. But the, going back to the point you made about R&D, um, yeah, we've recently, uh, Shubham has just, just about as we speak, finished uh, a piece of research where we've looked at uh, a whole very large number of people who've been making claims and what they've got back in benefits and compared them with their own uh, cohort of clients where we've obviously done in immense detail and what we've what we found is for similar businesses uh, there seems to be um, it varies a bit from type of business to business but on average there's a 38 percent uh, 38 percent of the money is left on the table compared with our own experience mm -hmm. by the vast majority of people in this industry so even those that are making claims and it's a small small percentage of the of the total, uh, they're still leaving 40% on the table, more or less, uh, which is, for the cohort we've looked at, that works out 10 million a year. Now we know that if, that's, if that was to be repeated across all businesses making uh, claims, that's 40 million pounds a year, and there's less than a thousand businesses making a claim at the moment, and we know there are 400,000 in the industry. Um, they won't all be eligible, but uh, the money is still there from the government. They, the government wants the construction to take that money that they are entitled to and invest in things. Well, for very and good reason to increase productivity. To increase productivity. Indeed. Everyone wants better productivity. Everyone wants things done quicker and safer and all the other good stuff which is necessary. And if you don't do it, Katira will be here and do it mm. for you because mm. they've got four billion behind them, which is a bit of a sobering thing to finish on. But uh, I'm an optimist because um, there's people out there prepared to back it. That's the, that was the that was the jaw dropping thing. Yeah, there are companies which are in yeah much more visceral and do stuff that we recognise in construction. So I think the, the the big positive out of this is there's companies prepared to back construction if you've got a really uh, revolutionary. Business proposal. So then it's all back down the business case. Yeah, well, it's got to have a proper business case and thought through. But you, there's, there's loads of opportunities out there. Uh, and we're obviously, we really want to encourage it. Mm -hmm. That's what we're all about. So, 
thanks for listening. See you on the next podcast. So it's goodbye from Tip Top Tim. Yeah, see you next time. A lot of people think that real R&D is carried out in laboratories by people in white coats, but that is not the case. Qualifying costs are comprehensive, and approximately 97% of our workshops result in a successful claim. So whether you're overcoming specific ground conditions, adapting equipment, creating new processes, or developing better, safer, or greener methods of construction, you are almost certainly undertaking R&D. Whatever the size or type of your business, we believe that you can unlock value by utilizing the R&D tax credit scheme. To find out more, contact our team today at www.invent.com for your free assessment. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.